I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee, Managing Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with Joy Pritz, Chief Privacy Officer at the Office of the National Coordinator for Health IT. Joy will be discussing some of the top privacy and security challenges facing the healthcare sector. Hi, Joy. Good morning, Marianne. Thanks for joining us. What do you think are the biggest privacy and security challenges facing the healthcare sector today? And looking ahead, what emerging privacy and security challenges do you see? Right now, I think we still see the largest challenge in the healthcare sector as being one of culture. There is still a culture that privacy and security are barriers to the provision of health. We see privacy and security actually as being facilitators, and that when the message from the top is that privacy and security are good for the patient and good for business, that we will see more of an attitude that these are things that organizations should be doing very willingly, and we'll see the benefit to them and their patients. What sorts of privacy and security issues do you worry about when it comes to medical devices? Well, first I'd like to make a little distinction here between medical devices and mobile devices. Um, a lot of people are thinking of medical devices as being maybe your, your uh, little monitor you have on your arm. But there's also this very large category of medical devices that are really associated directly with healthcare that are in not only hospitals and healthcare organizations, but are also remotely based at a patient's house. The adoption of those is also escalating very quickly. And there has been um, a lot of work being done with the FDA and, and some work with our office on assessing what those security issues are with those devices and how to ensure that they are secure as uh, we move forward. Please highlight the most significant privacy and security-related requirements in Stage 2 of the Meaningful Use Electronic Health Record Incentive Program funded by HITECH. Well, Stage 2 keeps some of the privacy and security requirements of Stage 1. And probably chief among those is the requirement that providers do a security risk analysis. All it really does is it requires providers to do what they're already required to do under HIPAA. And they have been required to do it for a number of years under HIPAA. But this requirement has been very beneficial because it has really shown the light on this requirement that for some reason many providers seemed that they were not, were not aware that they needed to do. It starts off as a very basic requirement in that you don't just plug in an electronic health record or a computer and start using it without knowing what kind of security risk might be present. Um, it does not need to be very complicated. Uh, there are a number of different steps to take in it, but it is really probably still one of the most important aspects of Meaningful Use Stage 2 because a provider will not receive an incentive payment unless they've actually assessed how the change they're making in their EHR system is going to be impacted by adopting this new technology. One of the other uh, major developments in Stage 2 has, of course, been the um, view, download, and transmit provision, which 
requires the technology uh, to have the function that an individual can see their health information, download it to themselves, and transmit it to a third party. This piece is intended to dovetail with high-tech's new clarification that an individual has electronic access to their health information. So the provision in meaningful use is really set there to make sure that the technology is in place to make sure people can exercise that right. Now, what should hospitals and physicians and EHR vendors be doing now to prepare to meet Stage 2 privacy and security requirements? They should, first and foremost, read the list that is provided by CMS of the different requirements, not only for the technology that they need to use, but also for the activities that they will need to conduct in order to meet those requirements. They should be reviewing the list of vendors who have been certified as having those the requisite technology available in their um, EHR products. What privacy and security requirements are likely to be added for Stage 3 of the program? That's still really very much up for debate. There's been a lot of discussion at the uh, policy committee among the work groups about um, whether there should be, uh, there should just be a continuation of the privacy and security requirements of Stage 2 or whether there should be some pushing of the envelope, as it were. Um, I believe that the Tiger team in particular uh, decided that um, they would stay the course, they would recommend staying the course with the uh, security risk assessment and not getting into uh, much more detail than that. I do believe that there are also some discussions on the consumer uh, engagement work group about moving forward more with providing patients access to their own information and making sure that patients stay the center of their care. What provisions in the HIPAA omnibus rule do you think will have the biggest impact in terms of efforts to better safeguard the privacy of patient data? I think the biggest change in the high-tech rule is extending the security requirements directly to business associates and um, making them responsible directly for some of the privacy privacy rules, restrictions on use and disclosure. This is going to really make a lot more organizations directly responsible under the rules and will inevitably expand the use of good security and privacy policies. What lessons do you think can be learned from the breaches that have shown up on the wall of shame to date, and what do you think the main message there so far has been? Well, I think there are two main messages that you can uh, garner from the uh, breaches that have been reported. Uh, The one is pretty pedestrian, which is have policies in place to prevent people from snooping into other people's records, and if you find out that they are doing that, take action against them. That is one of the, still one of the most common reported breaches, even with all this technology that we have. On the technology front, where we still see the largest impact of breaches has been from lost and stolen, um, technology. So we still continue to see laptops that are lost or stolen, uh, cell phones lost or stolen. 
And for those, in particular for those items, they're pretty simple solutions, encrypt. And encryption methods are very much more advanced than they were five years ago. And there really is not any good reason at this point, if you are purchasing new technology, not to make sure that you can encrypt it. Finally, Joy, please tell us a little about what ONC's privacy and security agenda looks like for next year. It's a little hard to say. We're still waiting to see what um, our, uh, how things come out in the, the budget process. But we do see that um, patient access will continue to be a big issue. Uh, patient-centered outcomes research is, is moving to the forefront. And uh, that will involve a lot of discussion about the various rules that uh, come into play for the various players in that area. I think, lastly, we see some development along the, the cloud services front, where more providers will probably be looking to move their services to the cloud. And that may be an area where we'll uh, be able to offer some uh, assistance as well. Thanks, Joy. I've been speaking to Joy Pritz of ONC. I'm Marianne Kolbasek-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.